that that is a Russian disinformation campaign. Mercy, which today we learned was all due to Russian trolls. It's Tuesday, February 9th, 2021, and this is the Russian disinformation version of the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. This is not Nam, this is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! All right, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stay Ready Gear USA. Visit stayreadygear.com. Use the word steak at checkout to save 5% off anything in their store. Also brought to you by ManRubs. Visit ManRubs.com. Use the code STEAK15. Save 15% off anything in their store. Um, I'm currently drinking coffee out of a Make Barbecue Great Again Ooh. coffee mug that they sent us. Fantastic. Usually we have ribs on the smoker almost every week, and they're seasoned with some of the best rubs you can buy on the internet. So if you're into barbecuing, um, having funny t-shirts, anything like that, hit them up. Again, that's manrebs.com with the code STEAK15 at checkout. You know, in this day and age, defending your property from left-wing riots in the name of social justice has become a pressing issue for all of us here at the podcast. And there's no one who can get you squared away more to get out there and get to packing some heat than Mike over at West Coast Survival Arms. Oh, yeah. Now, located in Southern California and servicing San Diego County for over 10 years, Mike has five-star ratings. He's got everything you can need from pistols, shotties, rifles, cleaning kits. Grenades? Maybe. No. Damn it. Ammo. Accessories, you name it. Mike's on uh, westcoastrivalarms.com, or you could reach him via the telephone if you have any questions. 619-870-6992. Let Mike get you squared away and get you packing heat. Our friends over at Mediocremetic and mediocremetic.com, they... uh, Speaking of heat, always bring the fire when it comes to their Instagram posts. Yep. Uh, adding places you could stick tactical patches and stickers in a truly American fashion. And then finally, Mark Joe Friday over at dumpbox.us. Some of the best tactical gear you can have. Flags, patches, t-shirts, sweatshirts. You know, I just purchased my Donald Trump warning to Iran tweet patch. Ooh, yeah, awesome. fuck around and find out. Get some. So, yeah, Mark's always uh, got the goods over at dumpbox.us, and uh, go over there and check him out. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. We have some a uh, great guests on our show today, the lovely ladies over at the Russian Disinformation Podcast. Ladies, why don't you introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Austin. And I'm Jasmine. And we run the Russian Disinformation Podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and now Google Podcast too. Oh, nice. There's Google Podcast? Yeah, uh, I don't know who uses it, though. Apparently. <laughs> literally <laughs> no nobody. One. Serial killers? <laughs> We're on Pandora, and I literally think nobody... Army Hammer probably listens to Google I Podcast. listen to us on Pandora. <laughs> You're a freak. In between oh. bites. I didn't know Pandora was still a thing. We talk about it every week. It's where serial killers listen to their podcasts. <laughs> it's mostly just ads nowadays. How dare they? That makes sense. Well, what a week it's been, and, and thank you for 
taking time out of your busy schedules and podcasting duties to come on down and hang out with us today co-host we appreciate it thank you thank you we're excited we've been all we're all nervous too <laughs> nervous nervous it's little butterflies it's new this is new for us how long have you guys been podcasting one month <laughs> as of like today welcome to the base oh no shit yeah we nice. were we were kind of forced into them the last couple of weeks with some of the guests that we've had it on but no. We'll consider this a slumming experience for both of us then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time to break down the, the week that was, and I think getting back to some of our regular show format and getting into the news that's that's kind of affecting the regular listener now. Um, one thing that hit the air and the web late last week was that Stop the Steal uh, is making a comeback right now. There was a tweet that went out. Basically, that broke down some of the February 19th uh, conference hearings that the Supreme Court of the United States is going to be taken. Um, some of those cases more specifically, uh, Rep. Mike Kelly versus the state of Pennsylvania that claimed um, the free-for-all voting, the uh, poll watchers that were put in to copulate canvas and certify votes all violated the state's constitution it was dismissed in december but now the supreme court has decided to hear it um trump versus the secretary of pennsylvania for unconstitutionally changing the rules of the state and going around state legislator in regards to free-for-all voting trash uh yeah in the mailing context and these are all things that are going to tie directly into the early portion of the show trump versus biden in Wisconsin, I believe, where over 50,000 absentee ballots weren't included in the post-recount vote totals. Um, Lynn Wood's Georgia case, which is two-pronged, one into vote uh, dilution, and the other one was for directly relating to the Sidney Abrams, or Stacey Abrams-related uh, Georgia case in 2019, where she basically said that signature verification in absentee ballot is racist and it's what turned it yeah it's it's what turned it down makes perfect sense right nearly five and a half percent from 2018 midterm elections to the 2020 presidential vote and then the one that i'm looking most forward to is the michigan case where certified results were unconstitutionally therefore illegally counted and certified and that's being brought to the table by none other than Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. We fucking love her. <laughs> Solid. I know. She's, she's the man. She definitely has the crack in energy. She sure does. Um, what do you guys think about some of that stuff that they're going to finally, uh, you know, the Supreme Court's going to see if they're going to listen to and dock it for regular casework later in the year? I think the question that I'm asking you guys is, is what do you guys think about you know, the fact that these were all dismissed without merit in December and now are surprisingly being allowed to be heard. I think that it's just funny how before everything could be solidified and there was all these legitimate questions, the MSM and everybody was going forward saying that there was no evidence at all. Uh And they were kind of um, using the cases being thrown out as reason for that and for nobody to object uh, the votes. 
in the Senate. And now the timing is just perfect. Now they're going back and actually giving these merit when it seems like it's too late, depending on what you think of with Trump and everything. But it's like they waited until the impeachment trial to do everything to look at the val- the validity of these votes. And it really just kind of destroys the whole voting process, in my opinion, for all of America. And I feel like these cases aren't even in certain mainstream media outlets, obviously. Like, I doubt CNN is talking about this. And true, I feel like all of this is very intentional. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to agree on that one. She kind of took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's very little to say if you at least supported maybe going into January 6th the suggested 10-day pause just to go back and look at not only some of the cases that were being proposed, but in the way or fashion that they were going to be um, presented in regards to how they were certified in the first place. And, and I think that would have probably, it's like a lot of people say, if at the end of the day they went back and looked at everything and you want to know what? We may have not done it the right way, but it wasn't done technically illegally because a lot of these states passed their votes, even though they circumvised their state legislators. Uh, so it's something that we could work on for the midterms in 2022 and presidential in 2024, but you're just going to have to suck it up. Would have been completely fine with it, but that just wasn't the case. And, uh, you know, it's something that moving forward, I, I hope that at least we get to some of the discovery in those cases where the merit will actually be hold, held um, before the Supreme Court and they'll have an actual ruling on it in regards to whether or not it was or was not constitutional. Because I think that makes all the difference in regards to a lot of the lawsuits that the Trump campaign and you know both of his legal teams were trying to get out in the open in, in the days following the election. Exactly. They used um, these cases to discredit Trump and all of his supporters. And now circling back to say that there was actually merit in these claims is just kind of a slap in the face to Trump and everybody who supported him and was trying to pretty much scream from the rooftops, hey, listen, there are a ton of inconsistencies. And then with Mike Lindell dropping his Absolute Truth uh, or Absolute Proof documentary, it just kind of solidifies everybody's claims that people have been saying since November I think also that Time article that just dropped on the 4th kind of... uh, That was crazy. Oh, that was insane. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's just, for me, it just seems like just a massive gaslighting event of the country. You know what I mean? Like, they, like Jasmine said, they just completely dismissed it, called us crazy, and then all of a sudden after, you know, during the impeachment trial and then Trump going, well, not Trump, uh, and it going to the Supreme Court. Now we're just getting gaslit. You know, does that make sense? It might yeah, there's, yeah. there's no standing to hear it. And then now it's like, oh, we'll hear it. But you're still crazy. Yeah. 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 We're still crazy for believing all of this. And it, it's kind of frustrating. And I feel like they're discussing this during impeachment because obviously mainstream won't pick it up which they probably wouldn't anyways, but it's going to be completely overshadowed by this bullshit impeachment of a uh, private citizen. So that's taking up the news stream so that they can just sneak these in. And only people who read further and don't look in the mainstream sources will even know about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when that stops working, they'll figure out something else. Exactly. Yeah, for those of you who aren't caught up on all the... 
recent news in regards to everything that the ladies just mentioned we started to talk about, combined with the fact that the Supreme Court released their conference for February 19th, Mike Lindell dropped a powerbomb of a documentary last week, um, his Absolute Truth video, which was over two hours long. I started to watch it. Yeah, it categorized and outlined the cyber attack on the 2020 presidential elections, but also included, um, like I said, the attacks from allegedly China, who used servers in Spain and Germany and Italy to use the Dominion and Smartmatic voting systems to manipulate the votes after the algorithm was broken by Donald Trump earlier in the night. But it also outlined state by state a lot of unresolved allegations of voter fraud, and that is in regard to in and out of state voters, people voting twice, dead voters, minors oh, voting. I love dead voters. Felons voting and things of that nature. And he kind of outlined them all. It ran on America One several times, I believe seven times in all. Um, there was a disclaimer that social media kind of used to say, in turn, made it Mike Lindell's opinion, mm-hmm. even though the documentary is supported by a lot of facts and allegations. Did it get fact-checked? Well, I'm sure it did. It got taken down off of every major platform, including Twitter and YouTube. Nice. <clears throat> but you could see it on Mike Lindell's personal site, which surprisingly hasn't been deplatformed yet. But um, stand by. Yeah, th- I think the the biggest thing is, and there's a lot of information, but the last 35, 40 minutes of the documentary really goes into the locations of the IP addresses, the servers that were used, and where, and how Atlanta, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Madison, Wisconsin were all the major targets where we saw, you know, voting at some portion of the night be stopped for some reason or another, and then. Multiple reasons. Right. And then started again um, for no reason again. And uh, we saw the Gateway Pundit this week released a surveillance camera footage that was a Freedom of Information Act and that um, Grant Stitchfield ran with on Newsmax where he talked about two different times in the middle of the night in one of these places, I can't remember which one it was, a van pulls up and 50 boxes of ballots. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. Both times yeah. are unloaded. Mm-hmm. And no one knows what's in the boxes, why it was happening. Nothing you know, to see here. Right. They've, they've taken one of those drivers who said they drove ballots from New York to Pennsylvania or Virginia yeah. to Pennsylvania. And they've basically said that because he's tweeted in the past that he believes in the paranormal, that he's a fucking lunatic. But... <laughs> I'm pretty sure we all know that that's not <laughs> right the, the case. So, Gosh. you know, it, it's it's one of those things to where, even when the real information is starting to come out and see the light, it's still being railed on by the mainstream media and the narrative that they've had going. But, you know, basically that you belong in an internment camp if you believe that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. Well, just imagine if any of this, like even a sliver of this stuff, was on the other foot, the oh, left man. would be. Freaking going oh, crazy! Yeah. They'd be foaming out the be mouth. A yeah, it would be a nightmare. It would be all you hear <clears throat> for the next year, four yeah. years. Look at Russian collusion, right. and that was complete bullshit. Ask Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. It's <laughs> body bagged. It's actually just pretty upsetting to know that all of this evidence has obviously been around since November mm-hmm. in the hands of whoever and nobody thought to look into it the cia fbi 
nobody looked into this or dug deeper or presented this before the my pillow guy i just don't understand how the my pillow guy is saving the republic well the democrats were complaining about dominion back in like 2018 and 2016 like mm-hmm. this isn't anything new but now again the shoes on the other foot they're just going to completely brush it under the rug yeah we, we've no. talked about it on this show multiple times how pocahontas herself led a coalition of five other bipartisan representatives to talk about the irregularities with dominion voting systems and smartmatic technology and uh you know it was something that went ignored because it all seemed like it was part of the bigger scheme mm-hmm. of things in the end which uh kind of yeah. got into uh you know fucking up this election I-, I think one of the things we need to segue to on a lighter note before we get into that time magazine news article um <laughs> i asked the ladies from russian disinformation today to bring something and I also asked Dakota and Noah to bring something as well. My, my dog ate my homework. Yeah. So right now we're going to talk about it. And even though Nick has a surprise face, like he might be getting an award. <laughs> um, Whatever is going on, you your assholes. Yeah, we're just, we're just going to make fun of you some more. So we've all brought our top five, top one movie list today. <laughs> I have a partial list. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> I'm gonna let you ladies read your guys' list first, and then we'll get into okay. ours. All right. So number one, okay. Donnie Darko. Ooh. Number two, Pulp Fiction. Okay. Three, three, Fight Club. Ooh. Four, Jurassic Park. Nice. And five, American Psycho. So. Okay, Ooh, that's I mean, I, I guess there's a trend there. Good list. That's a solid list. <laughs> yeah. I'd hate, okay, so hate to see you chained up in your basements. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so for me, it's also number one is Donnie Darko, uh, Billy Madison, okay. Step Brothers. I should have added Billy Madison because that is one of my all-time it's too favorites. Late. We're doing top, our top late. ones top now. Two? <laughs> oh, whatever. And then, uh, what did I say? Billy Madison, Step Brothers, Django. Mm. Oh, and yeah. then Land Before Time. <laughs> wow. You guys give me shit about National Treasure of Land Before Time. No, Land Before Time's pretty solid. I was going to say. That's a movie that shaped the entire Time gener- is a yeah. fucking classic. I've rewatched that with my son. I want to poke my eyes out with a fork. I, did, <laughs> I actually did go home and watch National Treasure, and it wasn't as bad as I remember. Thank you. It's still pretty. It holds it's up. Not, it's, it's, pretty it's not bad. It holds yeah. up. It's awful. Go ahead, Dakota. <laughs> what do you got? to be nice. All right. But top one of top five. But after seeing how the Capitol Police handle things, I can kind of believe that you could steal the declaration at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something was definitely so, stolen that they probably haven't found inventory. I yet. just want to know if the the actual Declaration of Independence is really like that crazily it doesn't guarded. Exist. <laughs> it's a psyop. Yeah, it's a psyop. It's, a psyop. it's, a psyop. <laughs> it's so. going to be um, that protected after this show. They're like this asshole. <laughs> yeah. Probably, everyone's like rewatching He's looking it. For the, <laughs> They probably keep He's stats on how many people watch map. National Treasure. Go ahead. What's your list, Dakota? Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh. Nice. A Knight's Tale. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Departed. Okay. Oh, that's the, a good one. The Sherlock series. With Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah. I fucking love those. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, and then Batman. Which Batman? Which Batman? Batman? Batman. Rises. The Adam Batman West Rises? Batman. Yeah. Yeah, Adam West Batman. There you go. Nah. A shark repellent spray. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, what do you got? Uh, I got Doctor Strangelove, Ooh. the Star Wars trilogy without the fucking edits. Okay. You fuckers. 
Uh, I got Pulp Fiction also, mm-hmm. and that's when my homework got eaten by my dog because I forgot to finish. All right. <laughs> well, I got a couple best of the rest, so I'll, I'll fill in the blanks for you. I have a three-way tie for number one. All right. Goodfellas, Godfather, one, and Casino. Fight me. Solid. Yeah, I, won't, yeah. I won't argue Just put that. Goodfellas on my tail. Casino's on my... such right. an underrated Two, mob movie. A Bronx Tale. Also solid. Three, Training Day. Damn, that's a good list. Oh, yeah. Four, Ghostbusters, the oh, original. Golly, I've watched all these movies in the past, like, month. <laughs> Five, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Okay, and then to fill in the best of the rest for, for I'll just make it the rest of Noah's. I got Reservoir Dogs. Oh, damn Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? God. Nice. I, I should've, that's a fucking great movie. <laughs> Jaws and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. If I had a top ten list, are... a lot of that except for uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, probably. Yeah. So just just as a to follow up from last week, Maria, my Maria seven 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 was so gracious enough because it's been a topic in her Telegram for the last week to send us her thread of top fives. Uh, her favorite number one, Goodfellas. Two, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh. Three, well. Vanilla Sky. Okay. Four, Forrest Gump. Oh yeah. And five, the original animated Alice in Wonderland. Oh. oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Tom Hanks ruined Forrest Gump for me now. Yeah, every, I think because, he ruined yeah. it for, for oh. everybody that actually believes. Now, here's the thing, though. Before we move on to getting back to Stop the Steal, there's one thing that is missing from, like, those 35 movies we just named. National Treasure? It's Nicholas fucking Cage. He's oh, not yeah. in any of them. <laughs> I said last week that that was the only good movie he's ever been in. Well, and I, can I And say... I rebutted you that said that Raising Arizona was clearly his best movie. Yeah. Well, it, if okay. you're under no. the age of 30, neither one of you has seen it. So right. never pretend that you have. I can watch The Rock at any time that it comes on TV right. without being disappointed. Yeah. But have he, you seen Raising Arizona? See, now I'm remembering all the movies that should have been on my list because it's like if you ask me, hey, what did you do yesterday? And I'm like, I, I, I don't remember. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like The Hunt for Red October. Okay. What's the one? That's Con Air. One. Con Air. With Con, the, that's uh, one of the worst see, that's movies. Con Air. Yeah. I don't know. I thought yeah. Gone in 60 Con Seconds was good. Hey. Yeah, him. Gone in 60 you Seconds is all right. <laughs> Con Air was terrible. You gave a highly intelligent top five. Don't downgrade it. If he didn't have that stupid southern accent with oh, Jesus. the horrendous uh, mullet or whatever he was rocking, it might have been a better movie. Well, I'll thank Which you. All. Gone in 60 Seconds? He sounded what? more special than Forrest Gump did. So we just wanted to clarify that even though we all might be a fan of Nicolas Cage. He does not belong anywhere near the top 35 to probably 500 movies. There was a there was a Reddit thread where a guy literally watched every movie Nicolas Cage has ever been in. In order? And it's like 250 movies plus, and they're all like rated 2 out of 10. Yeah, he's in like 5 or 6 different Netflix video where he literally plays the same character, but the movies have nothing to do with each other. Like a dad botted, <laughs> he's always retired the same cop. Who, yeah, who goes through some traumatic situation and then has to steal the Declaration so of Independence. Google says Nicolas Cage has been in at least 112 movies. They don't know for sure. They just say at least 112 movies. They just movies. stopped after 112. They're like, you know what? This is getting ridiculous. To be fair, The Croods is really good. <laughs> Well, didn't one of you think that Nicolas Cage was in The Departed? Whoa. I don't know. I hope not. Who said that? That might yeah, have been you. I think you guys are talking about The Departed. Yeah. So moving away from Nicolas Cage and towards Stop the Steal, Time Magazine last week boldly released an article um, describing how everyone from big tech and big labor conspired with the mainstream media and a lot of the established you know, uh, elected officials to literally, what was it, fortify their stance on stealing the yeah. election? Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. It's a big word. Yeah, it was it was huge. Huge. I, huge. I, I, that Tim Pool tweet has circulated around uh, online where he basically said, holy fuck, I can't believe they published this. But we need to take a step back from like the shock factor of it and really break it down because everyone needs to understand. I don't think it's really either one of our listener bases, but it's getting ahead of the narrative before the truth starts to come out. I, I really feel like the Supreme Court conference that's coming on February 19th combined with the eventual acquittal of the president this week, the Mike Lindell documentary, Time Magazine really wanted to get ahead of the curve in naming some of these characters and basically trying to make it where if you hear it enough in the mainstream, the casual listener and the uneducated, that warped perception of reality or even just the lie that it is becomes absolute truth and then almost impossible to break, regardless of whether or not anything is proven. Um, they named some really huge players in the games. Masters of the Universe, of course. Princess Zucker over at CNN. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, who we renamed Soynos, which is the soy version of Thanos. He's so gross. On this show. <laughs> no Liz wonder his wife left him. Lizardberg at um, Facebook. Jack Dorsey. Uh, Larry Page, the CEO of Google. Labor unions, which included the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the AFL-CIO, which are the two of the biggest labor unions in the country. The mainstream media across the board. D.C. lobby groups, also think tanks like the Lincoln Project. Um, the Department of Justice. Um, the FBI, the CIA. D.C. establishment rhinos, in addition to all the liberals. And basically outlined how Norm Eisen, who was the former Obama ethics czar, like they even had one of those, um, did a terrible job when Ferguson was burning to the ground and Barack e Obama ethics was... Ethics czar? Right, was, was villainizing <laughs> half the country and all of the police. Um, basically worked behind the scenes going to and from all of these groups, uh, which included state constitutions or and how to violate them without going through the legitimate process. And it started back as early as right after the 2018 midterm elections in changing a lot of these voter laws, which would include the Stacey Abrams case, uh, the changing of the signature verification in Georgia, um, the free-for-all mail-in ballot collecting in Pennsylvania, uh, ballot harvesting in Wisconsin and Michigan, and things of that nature. So we got a ton of groups that's named in this article. We have a clearly painted picture of what they did. And even going through like things like the Hunter Biden laptop, if you spoke out on ele election integrity or you came anywhere near smearing the image that they wanted of their candidate, which was Joseph R. Basements and his non-campaign, then you were immediately canceled. And to say it started after January 6th is just naive because I lost three out of five of our Twitter accounts prior to that. My Facebook was suspended um, several times as well for, you know, criticizing election integrity based off evidence that was coming out and then all of the hearings that were going on before January 6th. And now I feel like Time Magazine is kind of running a disinformation campaign mm. to try and get ahead of the curve for when of this stuff becomes fact 
and it's going to be basically to kind of teach the sheep uh, the same thing that they did with Joe Biden, that he was an amazing candidate and he received 80 million votes, which I think all six of us know is absolute bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have a really good point that they're setting up their narrative uh, beforehand so that it looks like they were doing us all a justice and making sure that the quote-unquote correct candidate wins, which, like Austin had pointed out to me before, there should be no right candidate in an election. It's just whoever wins is who wins. There's no good versus evil. And they're really setting up that whole narrative that they did what they had to do to save democracy so that people go along Fortify with this. Democracy. And we're already seeing people... Like Austin's mom, for example, is justifying <laughs> this. They're literally already justifying this article and not even reading it in the same way that we are or thinking critically about what they just said. Yeah, that's the wild. That's the wild thing for me is I like to send this article off to different people and be like, hey, I want to know what your hot take is on it. Like she said, my mom like was like, I don't see an issue with this when po uh, politicians and co uh, companies all talk with each other to have an end goal in politics. I was like, mom, that's called collusion. Yeah, it literally <laughs> is. That's like the definition of corruption. And like we really got into that one. But um, and then I sent it to one of my friends who is um, like a adjunct professor at a university. And even when she read it, she was just like, yeah, I don't really see anything wrong with it. And she knows how um, she knows, like, I know a lot of what's going on and how I feel about it. But she can even admit how she sees that it's um it's a manipulation tactic, even though she isn't really aware of what's going on. And she, it made her feel uneasy that there was a cabal of people trying to collude against the American people. And, and that's literally what they threw in front of our faces. That's the name that they describe themselves as like a yeah. great, a great cabal of, you know, Republic savers that went out and orange man, bad Joe Biden, right to the white house. And it's just an absolute dumpster fire right now. I think that, uh, you know, even if you shared this article and gave it uh, what wouldn't be considered a correct narrative, you're getting canceled regardless. You know, mm -hmm. and I think that that's one of the big things that you need to take away from this as that they might actually be admitting to what, you know, they did to try and steal this election. However, if you don't agree with the fact on why they did it, then you're going to be canceled anyway. So... It's pretty fucking exactly. scary right now. I don't think it's a cancel. I think it's just you're falling for the gaslight. Like, <laughs> this is probably like a little definite, literal definition of a psyop right here. Like they, like Jazz says, the, they're setting up the narrative from when shit really does hit the fan after the impeachment and the Supreme Court and everything. There are they are already setting it up. Um, and it's just I I really wish we could figure out how to um, really explain to people like, hey this this is what it is but like how do we like how do we explain to them like our our side of it without looking like charlie from always sunny that meme with the all the dots being connected behind us exactly you know what i mean that's what they literally look in at my as right now yeah i was gonna say in it's my also opinion, a dog whistle you, sorry yeah no in my opinion you can kind of tell them like hey did you believe russian collusion did you think it was bad when Trump was supposedly talking to Putin on how to win an election and having them influence outcomes on social media? Remember Russian trolls and 
bots were the hot take in 2016. It's the same thing, except it's our own companies working against us who are controlling everything we see online. So if you try and explain it to someone that way, maybe if somebody has a rational thinking brain, they may see our side. But the problem is people hate Trump so blindly that they don't even care how he was voted out Mm -hmm. or if it was stolen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I made a post and it was just like, if you don't care that the system is broken just because your candidate won, just think about when maybe you're rooting for somebody who's not on the team that's controlling who wins. Well, there's so many people exactly. with, with buyer's remorse right now. I think it's almost... But they're silent. It's fucking almost hilarious. Yeah. They're just like, oh, back to cat videos. Yeah. Well, <laughs> back and the, the frustrating thing is that... Oh, and we've talked about this multiple times, but these people are so naive. And I wouldn't even say naive. I think even the mass population of the liberal um, movement isn't even naive anymore. They're just turning a blind eye to everything. And I think that's why you see a lot of the silence on, on social media is because they know that their team cheated. They know that this guy's going to be a terrible president, but their pride is in the way and they don't want to admit it. It's fun to bring up uh, like Bernie Sanders getting hosed in the primaries. Yeah, and people, there's like <laughs> legit evidence that he knew about Dominion Software and that he was screwed out of it. And he took his money and walked away. Bought another house in the Hamptons. Yeah, and and don't you love? I was gonna say, don't you love how he doesn't say millionaires and billionaires anymore? Only billionaires, right? Because he is a millionaire off of this, off being screwed over. They paid him off, and he was fine. Yeah, yeah, he uh, made out like a bandit a because letdown. he has no responsibility now. He got paid, and he's not. He has no responsibility. Did he really have any responsibilities mm-hmm. before? No, but he's not in the limelight as far as being, yeah. he's not the fall guy if the country t- gets t- torn apart. You know, at least if Biden shits the bed, which he will, and the media literally. will, of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. At least he'll be the poster child for a failed presidential election. Hopefully, I mean, there's so much malarkey, as he would say, that the media is going to twist it and blame it on Trump. You know, if the economy tanks or unemployment <laughs> goes to the roof, it's all going to be the past president's fault. But at least we'll know. I mean, this guy's already ruined the country in the first couple of weeks he's been inaugurated. You look at the pipeline deal and the border wall deal, and aside from the good that that would do for citizens of this country, it got rid of a lot of jobs. And I got in a debate with someone on Instagram, and I was... Body bagging him. No, not really. It was a, it was an intelligent conversation, but I, I Ooh, was just we like intentional in saying, you know, he goes, well, the pipeline was a contract that was going to end eventually. And I said, yeah, 10 years down the road. Yeah. Imagine being signed on as a blue collar worker. And yeah, you where do you work? 10 years of contract work that's guaranteed and overnight that's done in the middle of a pandemic. These yeah. guys aren't going to pick up their trial and shovel and tool belt and go find another job right now. That was... They put all their eggs in that basket. Yeah, Respectively, they should have. Yeah, that was guaranteed by the government for 10 years of work, and it got shafted overnight. Uh-huh. And then you have the border wall, like we talked about last week or the week before, that it was what? Almost done. Almost done. And it's just silly to the fact that this guy is reversing policies based on his pride because he hated the past president so much, he refuses to look at the good that he's done, which is the same with a lot of liberal people, that they refuse to look at the positives that Trump did while he was in office just because he was a big troll on social media and people mm-hmm. didn't like that. People got offended. People had thin skin. We liked it. 
we, I, I thought it was hilarious. Like stuff he would tweet, people would go, don't you think that's offensive? And I'm like, I'm not offended easily by anything. Yeah. And a lot of the blue collar Americans, yeah, blue collar Americans, people in law enforcement and military don't get offended like that. It's people the, like people that go to work in the morning and have to worry about more than what some asshole saying on social media. Yeah. Don't like, get offended. How, how by does that, that affect stuff. you? It's the same thing with like cyber bullying. You know how to end that? You close your laptop. If you don't like what the president's <laughs> exactly. tweeting, turn your phone off. Yep. Take him off of Twitter. Stop following him. My, my thing is, what did he say that was so horribly offensive? Talking about Rosie O'Donnell? She, like, she, she is I mean, a fat pig. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. He's gross. Disgusting. Yeah. Well, he, they he, called Haiti a, a, a shithole country. I mean... That's just that, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. But, but are fact checkers really going to fact check that? I mean, I watched a two-hour documentary on Discovery Channel where they literally make mud pies and eat them. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. basically is like the, the number one bullet point on your resume when you're applying for being a shithole country. <laughs> so Mud pies? That's top one. Yeah. No? So. And then what else? That Megyn Kelly was on her period or that he implied that she was bleeding. And it's like, who cares? Like, who actually gives a shit? Right. And we've all went back to, I think two weeks ago, we talked about the grab him by the pussy comment that, you know, oh, yeah. caught the web by fire back in 2016 but the fact of the matter is is like anyone who's played a sport guy or girl or just hung out with your friends and had side talk about stuff like that we've all heard said, horrendous shit right and said worse <laughs> so yeah. exactly oh, that's what we were talking about last night in our in our thread i mean <laughs> but oh, i've heard females say just horrendous shit like that like when i was a bouncer <laughs> I was like holy energy. shit yeah exactly <laughs> I, w I would be like out on the patio and there's like a bachelorette party to my left and I'm just like standing there trying not to eavesdrop. Trying not, well, no, I'm, I am eavesdropping 100%, but I'm trying not to let them know that I'm eavesdropping. Just holy shit. Yeah, some of the stuff that comes out of their mouths is just absolutely terrible. But at the same time, it doesn't really hurt anyone because they're talking amongst themselves. Like Donald Trump was when someone... Hot mic recorded them in 2016, so yeah. you know it's, it's one of those things to where like okay, well that prop, that conversation wasn't for the general public. It was between him and the guy that was interviewing him before or after they were recorded. And I think what I liked a lot about Trump, aside from the policies that were 100% for the American people, was that he had no filter and he was very real in his approach to. You knew who he was. Uh -huh. You know, with Biden, mm -hmm. it's like we still don't even know what his agenda is. He doesn't know what his agenda is. Kamala Harris does, <laughs> yeah, but literally. I don't even know what I'm signing. Just here. sign it. <laughs> Salute the Marines. The thing Wasn't too he is signing that blank pages. I, I don't yes. understand 100%. how. One hundred percent. I was gonna say I don't understand how locker room talk is worse than Joe Biden saying that. What is it? Poor kids are just as smart as white kids, <laughs> and that he told that. Um, Union worker, he literally does not work for him. Yep. Or, or the one guy, like, listen, fatty. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's, <laughs> no, he just called him fat. Yeah. Oh, listen, dog fat. Horse listen here, fat. Yeah. Dog. Dog, dog face pony soldier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like how yeah. he always threatens people for put, like to fight them, and then uh, says he could do more push-ups than them or something like right. that. Take you out back <laughs> you behind that? the locker room. Yeah. yeah. I like take him out behind the locker room. That'd have been an epic fight. Just Donald Trump body bagging him physically. In that alley, he some gross alley, choking him out with his red tie. I yeah. would pay two hundred dollars on pay per view minimum to watch that. I would. Too. Those yeah. two fight? Yeah. Oh yeah. It would be, yeah. It would be the Bernie easiest. Sanders with the metal chair. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Clinton up top with a is, sniper rifle. Is Bernie Sanders doing a <laughs> podcast? He will be soon. Like with a flip 
like a flip phone. He's talking into it. Oh, this episode is brought to you by Maria's Mittens. Uh, listen, listen, Joe. Listen. Oh, my God. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. We're going to jail. We well, surely aren't. We're going to the gulags. Yeah, soy fields. Soy fields for all. I'm excited for the gulags, to be honest. You know what? If Looking we're all... To it. If we're I'd all, have a lot less responsibility. I'd call yeah. the top bunk. I don't have any responsibility. <laughs> At least we won't have to pay our mortgages anymore. I'm just going to pee on all the soybeans. <laughs> mm, it's not going to change anything. There's no bunks in the gulags. Mm. You guys are literally laying on top of each other. Even better. Like, there's no space. I call Yeah, <laughs> even better. I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> I call Big Spoon. There you go. Oh. <laughs> so we all went out oh, and did some, some research this week because we are living in a... I don't want to call it Found a... world. Oh. I don't want to call it a racial jungle. Would you call to it a quote our current president? A pre-apocalyptic <laughs> oh, yeah. time. But we're living in a pretty uh, racially inflammatory climate right now. I think that clown shoes. It is. It's. Be- I mean, we have that entire Time Magazine article, which said that that momentum that they used to go about this scheme over the last couple of years was basically riding the wave of the Black Lives Matter and Antifa civil unrest across the country. And that they didn't realize that, number one, the current administration wouldn't do anything about it. Number two, um, all of these radical governors and mayors would just so easily, even before they were told, to stand down and let their cities burn. Uh, we really have to go back and look at some of like where the roots of this are from. I'm not making a joke on the series or talking <laughs> or talking about the divisiveness that was Barack Obama. I'm talking about going all the way back to where some of the real issues are with what's going on in our, our social and civil climates right now. And that has to do with the critical race theory. Oh, it, no. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're bringing it back. And, and and we're going to break it down today with the ladies. I can, I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. I'll circle back with you. Yeah, you sure will. Head up to the <laughs> So, ladies, critical race theory. What do you guys think? For, you, let's define it. What do you for, bring to the table today? Uh, maybe I'm, some I'm very critical listeners. of it. Let's define <laughs> critical race theory for some uh, maybe we have because I've I've interacted with some people that are new listeners and they might not be as far right as most of us. Does it have a Wikipedia page? Well, here's the thing. Before we even get started, <laughs> it sure does. I, I just want to tell you guys. Over the last week, I talked to six different people who the four of us work with. All four of them were African American. I was there. Two were female. Four were male. Did you assume their gender? Gender. Gender. Stop. Stop it. I was going to say gender identity, and then I mushed them. Generator. So it's a new word. And I asked them if they knew, even what the phrase meant, and all six of them said no. No idea. They had never heard it before in their lives. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when I pulled up some web-based resources to show them, they were actually kind of floored. So ladies, based off that small straw poll that I was able to tabulate over the last week. What do you guys think as in regards to introducing us, you know, and at both of our listeners to, you know, this topic that we're going to be breaking down a little bit today. So my, go ahead, Jasmine. I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my basic, very like limited understanding is that racism 
is the heart of everything American and in all of our um, social, economic, and legal systems. So it's basically the underlying cause of systematic racism. Yeah, it's just it's just a power differential. So with critical race theory, it like Jasmine said, it is the how can I? It's so it's so hard to explain. But with the power, it's a power differential. So race is the driving factor for all of our institutions, be it academia, uh, government even as simple as like a power differential between you and your boss. Everyone has a, an unconscious bias. Everyone is inherently racist. And it's kind of like morphed into this new um, like religious ideology, if that, if that makes sense. Like people who follow the CRT ideology, like they believe that um, white people are inherently racist and they have to atone for that for that sin and no matter how much they atone they can't you know they can't get rid of it uh-huh. I, I have some bullet points that i jotted down and the more you say that you're not racist like if you're legitimately like oh, oh that means you're more that means you're more racist <laughs> it means you're like a denier that means that you're which like is inherently worse in their eyes when you say i don't see color i judge you if you're a piece of shit or not and they go that's more racist and you're like it's less racist critical race theory in essence, is a racist ideology. Because what you're saying yeah. is Criti- all white people are racist. Critical racist theory? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> what you're saying is all white people are racist and you can't control it. So the problem with that is that's inherently the definition of racism. You're having a general idea of people based on their race, which is counterproductive to getting rid of racism. Look, racism's not going anywhere. It's the truth. It's the sad fact that there's going to be racist people in this country, in this world. It's never going to go away. Can we combat it? You can try, but that it all starts in the household. But when you start calling everyone a racist, then mm-hmm. it loses its punch when you're actually calling somebody who is a fucking racist a racist. Correct. Because Ex- exactly. everyone of the same color can't be racist. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But again, we're dealing with a group of people who don't operate with facts. They... Create them. Create them and are generally fueled by opinions. And if you don't agree with their opinion, you are inherently a racist. So critical race theory works in one sentence blurb. (laughs) And then as soon as you combat it, it falls apart because you, I mean, imagine if white people turned the coin and and pointed that back at minorities, it would be racist. racist. Yeah, it's, it's silly. And the fact that people actually buy into this ideology is crazy. But like you said, Ron, that you when you literally talk to people and break it down, people will tell you that's crazy. And that's terrible. insane. It's it's very dangerous. And the fact that it's being taught in schools is even more dangerous. It's an indoctrination indoctrination on a whole level that we haven't seen before. And that's the scary part about, especially in California, the public school system isn't so much about preparing people for life and for college or uh, a trade that they're interested in it's literally indoctrination and that, and that's it i mean how much time is going to go by before critical race theory ends up on the california state high school exit exam do they even take that anymore is that a requirement to pass and exit exam i don't think so i don't know probably not but it is in our it is in our elementary schools they uh i know there was one in brea 
that a fourth grade, like a parent of a fourth grader was showing all the work that they had to do because this their fourth grader had to deconstruct their whiteness. Mm. And that's the thing. And that's the thing with critical race theory. It is a bastardization of Marxism. Yep. Yeah. And I don't think people really understand that. Like this is literal. It's the definition of cultural Marxism. It is a uh, like I say, like I said it before, it's a power differential. So with Marxism in general, there will always be the oppressed and there will always be an oppressor. And with critical race theory, it takes it instead of it being a class issue, it makes it a racial issue, because when it comes to uh, classism, there wasn't really much. There's not much class issues. Well, I mean, now there is more so than ever, but there was never really a class issue back in the like in the 80s or the 60s or the 70s when critical race theory was starting to be talked between all the professors at these like Ivy League schools like Princeton and Columbia. And they they instead of because we had a middle class, we have a middle class. So, like I said, there's no class issue because we specifically have a middle class. But we what we do have in America is a race issue. And it's just really taken off in the last few years because I think a lot of people have good intentions, especially like a lot of people who get into critical race theory that don't really understand what it is have good inten good intentions. Like they want to be on the right side of this argument because they don't want to be racist. But when you actually look at critical race theory, it is, like you said, inherently racist. You can't. You can't just keep changing the, you know, it's all semantics. You can't just keep changing what racism means. Like now when you say so, uh, someone can't be racist or a black person can't be racist is because they're not in a position of power, which is false. Anyone could be racist. You, you just have to have the idea or the belief that you are better than another person because specifically for their skin color. Yeah, Merriam-Webster actually changed the definition of racism and racist in the dictionary to include that it has to come from a person with power. So essentially that reverse racism is not real. And the bigger issue with critical race theory is if you're teaching this to kindergartners, you're teaching a bunch of five-year-old black children that they're nothing and that white kids are above them and that they should feel bad and then you're teaching the white children that they're oppressors and they're in like born evil and born above their friend or you know classmate and that they have to basically repent for their whiteness. Yeah, you should be which, never teaching children they're disadvantaged or less. Never. Exactly. Yeah, and it's a lot easier to like when it comes to like all the civil rights leaders back in the 60s, like their big thing uh like with Martin Luther King and all them, like their big thing was that you know, the black community or the minority community needs to have personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like they need to c take control of their lives and actually do something, you know what I mean? Be proactive instead of reactive. But with uh, critical race theory, there's absolutely no room for that because you're just, you're playing, you're we they're weaponizing victimhood mentality. Like that's what it is. And you're gonna keep telling these people, you know, black people, minority women, minorities, whatever. If you're gonna keep telling them that you know, they're oppressed, they're going to believe that and they're not going to better themselves. Obviously, everyone has different socio socioeconomic standings and everyone has different stories, but no, there's never ever going to be a, a level playing field. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of these people don't realize that. Like, that's not reality. And this critical race theory is not based on, on reality or facts. It's just based solely on feelings. Yeah, I, I agree. And I've gotten some points that kind of add a little bit of substance that commentary that you guys have just all 
kind of added to the beginning of this and it basically outlines some of the things um, some of like the I don't know you'd call them amendments of critical race theory um, one of them is it believes racism like we've already covered is present in every aspect of life in between every relationship and that every interaction and therefore has its advocates look for it everywhere mm. it relies on interest conversions which is white people only give black people opportunities and freedoms when it is also in their own interests therefore doesn't trust any attempt to make racism better it's against free societies and wants to dismantle them and replace them with something its advocates control it only treats race issues as socially constructed groups so there are no individuals in critical race theory it believes science reason and evidence are a white way of thinking knowing and storytelling and that all the other experiences lived together are those that are black science science uh which hurts so gravity i thought we were privilege. i thought we were supposed to believe right, in science and, and they so, told us we were supposed to believe in science so that so that storytelling experience <laughs> of facts science beliefs and reason um are a black alternative which hurts everyone especially african-american people it rejects all potential alternatives like colorblindness as forms of racism, making itself the only allowable game in town, which is totalitarian, right? Because if you say you're colorblind, that means you're basically like the most racist of them all. By so not racist. By not acknowledging the fact that there is African Americans who are in this thing where they only can have anything when white people say they are allowed to or it's given to them by white people, you in fact are like the most racist of them all. Hmm. It acts like anyone who disagrees with it must do so for only racist and white supremacist reasons, even if those people aren't white, especially if they're black, which is also totalitarian, and it can never be satisfied. So it becomes a kind of activist, African-American hole that threatens to destroy everything it's introduced into from the inside out. And that basically is some of the founding principles like the lady said, was kind of schemed in the 70s mm -hmm. by people like Albert Bell, who was a Harvard professor, who's one of the founding... Kimberly Crenshaw. Right. Albert Bell in the 70s was like one of the founding fathers while he was a law professor at Harvard. Fun fact, he was also African-American. So while he was writing this bullshit, saying that everyone is racist and all of the opportunities that any black person will ever be given ever was only because not only one because it's a white world and it's an opportunity given to them only to serve and improve the lives of white people he was serving as one of the highest chaired law professors at harvard university directly following the end of the civil rights movement that sounds like a position of power sure does how dare you All right <laughs> is that racist right. for me to say that well that's that's the whole ironic thing about critical race theory is that you have these black professors and academics telling, you know, normal black people that they can't succeed because they're black. When obviously black people can succeed, we have, you know, as much as we hate it, we have Kamala Harris as a VP. We had Barack Obama. We have. Uh, what's his face? A Secretary of Defense now. You, right. you know, we have all of these. Ben Carson was just a cabinet member. Yeah, like we have black people in power. We have black celebrities. As much as you know, we have black culture 
probably dominating the American culture for the most part. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like with the hip hop and everything like that. But yet we're still trying to, they're still trying to convince black people that they're oppressed when really they have so much power. Like they're the, uh, what was it? 98% of black women voted for Joe Biden. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of political power. They got a president. They, I'm going to use air quotes. They got a president into office. They have political power, but yet they are oppressed. It, it doesn't make it really. It just doesn't make sense. And that's where kind of where this like whole religious aspect comes comes into play. And, and I, I think what what would be the end game to this? I was just going to ask. Would the end game be There's, eventually that African Americans replace? white people in this theory to where white people then would only have any kind of standing or any kind of position of opportunity if black people would let them and and what how would that improve the world it surely wouldn't when i think like you said what's the end game here and the problem is it's it becomes a very slippery slope when we start going down this rabbit hole and not us in particular talking about on this podcast, but in general, when it becomes a legitimate talking point in schools and when it makes its way into high school, because then you have people, it's a cop-out for failure, you know? And look at Candace Owens. You have critical race theory also falls apart when the person of color is not on the same side politically as those causing the storm. Mm -hmm. So you have people that are denying Candace Owens and people like the Hodge twins who have a huge conservative voice but because they're not super liberal they're put on as racist black people and then people say the most horrendous racist shit about them correct from their own side because they don't agree yeah we none of us just based off of who we are can say any of the things that african americans have said about african americans who are conservative and and we're back All right, I'm timestamping this. What is it? 3420. Hold on. Wait a minute. Here's the deal. Jasmine, just pick it up what you were going to say. Oh, I just spilled my beer. Okay. Um, for me, the problem with critical race theory and teaching this widespread is where do mixed individuals fit in? If they're half black, half white, are you the oppressed or the oppressor? Or is your mom or dad racist and hate you? Like, where does the line get drawn? Depends on who you voted issues? for. Right, that's a good point. Yeah, I think it goes back to like Candace Owens, um, the Hodge twins. I don't know if you guys know them, but they have they're huge mm-hmm. conservative. Um, Those guys are funny. They're hilarious. But people like that, you know, even Ben Carson, um, those people are, are completely outed in the minority community. And I think that back to your question, you know, if you have biracial people, which is an awesome thing and culturally. I mean, it's a huge step because twenty years ago that was like very taboo and now it's a big it's a norm at least if you're not racist you have no problem with that which i think everyone here i mean it's not an issue at all but yeah, i'm not like double taking when i see like a mixed race couple i'm like yeah yeah how, okay, how, how for you. dare they no but it, it's it's back to the we're gonna circle back to um <laughs> saying that you know if you don't see color then you have no issue with that which like we said earlier is racist in the eyes of people that have critical race theory at the forefront of their ideology but these people that are a part of the African-American community and speak out against the injustices and are conservative in nature, those people are immediately lumped into racist people. And, and like Noah said, they're, 
and called racist things torn apart like to the base of their human being like to everything it's it's despicable and it's like hey i thought you know if you're going to be all about race on the other side then then accept everybody who's part of your race which obviously would be racist but well it's like the cancel culture it's like they're they're actually canceling you as a person yeah but Nicki minaj can sing about her vagina on the radio and nobody says anything and that's not um that's not degrading to the culture at all in their eyes but it's like it's just such a complete double standard and that's the frustrating thing is that you know from a conservative standpoint you can produce facts and statistics and all this stuff and at the end of the day it all amounts to that you're racist. If you don't agree with their ideology and conform to the mainstream belief of all these celebrities and athletes who bow down to the knee of, um, you know, the liberal hierarchy, there's no use in even presenting facts because at the end of the day, these people are going to vote for whoever they're told to vote for. Yeah, it's people, people with the weakest arguments are always the ones who either A, walk away when the conversation gets real go slam a door storm or, off. storm yeah, off yeah they storm off i can't talk to you or call you a fascist that's just the freaking argument 101 <laughs> yeah. you're a fascist which the history of fascism is or is, do your research yeah yeah but believe in science unless favorite. it unless it isn't relates to relating to uh, how many genders there are and and the, the funny thing is you have antifa which is the anti-fascist movement and their literal beliefs are Propagating fascist tactics, yeah, fascism, and it's just, it's it hurts my brain to even try and talk to these people that are on this side of Antifa and all these terrorist organizations because you can't talk sense into them. There's no winning in this battle of um, who's more woke. Yeah, and that's the frustrating part. Is like, look, at the end of the day, I just don't. I want to have my guns. I want a fair election. And I don't want you indoctrinating my kids when they go to school. Is that too much to ask for? It is, because these people are destroying the very fundamentals this country is founded upon. And we've said this, I've said this week by week, every week on this show, that if Biden had won fair and square and there was no collusion, no election fraud, no ballot dumping, all this stuff, if it was clear and we go, man, we lost, that sucks. Yeah. I would be like, you know what? It is what it is. We lost. But the fact that there's so much evidence for corruption and that it's not even hidden. Like, these guys didn't even try and hide it. It was right in front of our eyes. And it's such a big conspiracy theory, quote-unquote, and I say quote-unquote because it's not a theory. Like, this is a conspiracy that's unraveling in front of our eyes of all... I mean, you look at big tech, you look at people from Amazon and Google and the people that control the information, and they're all on the same team, and it's like, take a step back... And look at the facts and look yeah, at who's everyone, endorsing this guy. And then look, everyone agrees with you. Oh, my gosh. And they and these people that are on this movement believe that they're part of a revolution. It's like, when has ever a revolution been endorsed by mass media, celebrities, athletes, um, corrupt politicians? It's not a revolution. You're yeah. part of the scam and you got the blanket was pulled over your face and you fell for it. Mm-hmm. And now we're in this position. And I said it when we had We the People on that. We're in this situation because people refuse to educate themselves, refuse to put down Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and just take an hour of the day and and look for yourself and dive deep into the web and turn the phone off, you know, get on a computer and have try not to have distractions. Look for yourself and research and and get an idea. Go into it unbiased 
and look and see was there was there corruption the night of the election there's videos being leaked of people scratching out ballots and that's on such a um microscopic level compared to the big scheme of how this election was stolen but that alone is election fraud yeah you know you have three people at one polling place jacking with election ballots that's enough to void or to warrant an investigation so the fact that there's quote unquote no election fraud is ridiculous because there's literally YouTube videos of people doing this and doing that. And then you zoom out and you have Mike Lindell and him blowing the whistle on Dominion Software. And you have the whole thing with Bernie Sanders and how he was screwed over. But at the end of the day, he got paid and he walked away and said, you know what? It's all good. I'm going to endorse Joe Biden after this guy was talking shit about Biden for the last, yeah. what, four years? You see the meme? Like, I'm once again asking you. To vote for, <laughs> yeah. the, for the person that I just spent 10 years telling you not to vote for. Exactly. And it's just, it blows my mind that the corruption is there. It's blatant. It's out for everyone to go and, and research. Ten months, not 10 years, sorry. And people look at it and, the, and they get distracted by what's in TMZ Magazine or what's on E! News. And then it's off to the next thing. And now that they're candidate one, they refuse to investigate further. They refuse to look at the facts. Well, that's when the media is coming into play with the propaganda. It's just like anytime they need to bolster one side, the media is going to completely, you know, he keeps you say something enough times, it becomes true to the general yeah. public. Right. Like we talked about with that Time article. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've said, it starts with us, but it's going to eventually move on to them and end with them. And it's not going to be funny at that point. But right now, because it's just a huge confirmation bias for them and everything that they've been saying or that they've been conditioned to believe is so ingrained in their brains. It's like they say that Trump supporters need to be deprogrammed, but 90% of the Trump supporters, yeah, 90% of them that I know would have said, okay, like you said, if he won fair and there was not even a question or evidence, okay, that sucks, but we deal with it. Yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to work and just fucking live my life and be like, well, that sucks. Exactly. Maybe next but time. But I feel like this has just been, like Austin said, a psyop to kind of usher in the narrative that Trump supporters are dangerous, the whole insurrection, craziness, and like um, another thing you said, where what's the end goal here? The scholars who actually believe in teaching critical race theory believe in the first amendment being mm-hmm. abolished yep yeah they yeah and the, they're and all the second. hate speech censoring and they're saying that the first amendment upholds racism and that hate speech needs to be banned and um you need to be arrested jailed fined whatever for your words and at what point like who dictates what is hate speech yeah. you know who sets these boundaries of what we can and can't say as soon as you start putting a definition on something that's subjective is when it gets really tricky well, it's the same thing with the fact checkers like yeah the fact checkers are deciding what's hate speech who's and racist. what's not yeah. and the frustrating part is like look i think hate speech is wrong i think that yeah. if you spew hate on the internet specifically at a political party or um a racial um party or whatever you want to call it that's wrong but at the same time Part of the First Amendment is the right to say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then you have people say, well, you can't say fire on an airplane. Yeah, whatever. At the end of the day, you can't do people that spew hate speech. Are they pieces of garbage? 100%. I think all six of us can agree on that. But the minute that you start tabulating, 
oh, that's hate speech. This is hate speech. Hey, I don't want to get vaccinated. I don't trust the government with vaccines. As far as the coronavirus vaccine, that's hate speech. You're spreading propaganda. You're spreading fear. That's where it gets tricky because as soon as you give the green light for the government and all these media corporations and all these people that really run the information train, the ability to limit um, speech and to be able to edit stuff that you put on Facebook and Twitter, that's wrong because you gave these people the green light to basically for them who have no history in race theory or free speech or any amendment study, anything like that. You have Jack Dorsey. What's his education? It has nothing to do with socioeconomics or, um, you know, what legitimately hate speech constitutes. He's literally making money off of people lobbying for him, um, saying what's hate speech and what's not. And you see it with them muting President Trump. And it's like, that's crazy that a president has been kicked off of virtually the internet. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's how insanity. does that not upset people? I yeah. mean, imagine if that happened to Obama. People would be rioting in Portland for the 200th straight night in a row. <laughs> oh, no, well, and the, the ACLU has literally in the past defended peop- the right of people to say that horrendously racist shit. Like, it's well, it's your right to say it. Don't have to like it, but... One it's interesting, Ron, what you said earlier is like, when is it going to come to a time where it switches sides? And, and, then, think, and then what do you do? Well, and I think we're already there because I think we're on the, the cusp of it because you think about the people that are getting censored, our conservative voices, our people who are speaking out against this, and the mass media is playing to the side of the far left to a point where you can tweet something and it's going to get taken down. That has never happened in our generation. Mm-hmm. Remember when Facebook and Twitter first came out? You could say whatever you wanted and nobody batted an eye. And now we're at the point where our group and the group we identify with as far as conservatives or whether you're part of the QAnon movement, whatever you identify, if it's not on the far left and you're not retweeting about LeBron James or Kim Kardashian and all these people, if it's not part of that narrative, it's getting taken down, whether they call it racist or bigotry or insensitivity, whatever they label it as, it's a violation of the First Amendment, which there shouldn't be any violations of the First Amendment. It's the First Amendment, and it was written, and it should be left alone. Do people, should they get counseled on stuff they say? I don't think they should. Now, if you're saying blatantly racist stuff and you're a piece of shit, then... We've talked about this, you're just a garbage person. You're just a garbage person, and do you have the right to say that? Yeah. Am I going to probably unfriend you if I see stuff like that? 100%, because I'm not going to be a friend to someone who's... that's where adult conversation comes in. And that's Well, I don't have to listen to this, so goodbye. Turn it off. You know, what's one of the biggest, I guess, mind-blowing things for me is, is that for something that is in the forefront now... 2021, but for something that's rooted in the 70s and, and and right out of basically the ashes of the initial major civil rights movement in the United States, is the fact that this kind of work shows just based off of its rhetoric where it comes from. Mm-hmm. The people who are at the, the roots of this kind of logic are the ones who were, during the civil rights movement, more attached to the Farrakhans, to the Malcolm X's, and the people of that nature and didn't agree with people like Dr. Martin Luther King to the fact that where he wanted racial equality, he wanted rights for not just blacks and African-Americans, he wanted rights for everyone to be on the same page. And, and you know, it's, it's really sad to see 
how we continue to empower and put on a pedestal these radicals even 40, 50 years later, and that it's become such a, I don't know, I, I think it's just part of a bigger, it, it's part of the PSYOP. It, it really is. Like, making race a major issue when there's so much racial equality in the United States today is just taking away from something else that's going on. And whether it was the election, you know, I mean, yeah. a, a lot of this reinvigoration of this, they call it a civil rights movement, but it's not, uh, started, you know, out of Ferguson, it was at 2017, and yeah, it's gone up through that. now, you know, but but there was, a, there was an African-American president when that stuff started, and he did nothing to stop it. He did yeah. nothing to calm the flames, he fanned them. Well, and then they talk about Trump starting an insurrection on the Capitol, and it was, all he said was, go out and protest. The no, same thing. He said, just go out and have your voice heard. Peacefully and patriotically. Yeah. And the whole. You just got fact checked. Oh my, oh my oh gosh. God. Oh my God. Like, oh right. my God. Um, but the last nine months has been the complete opposite narrative of we need go out and burn stuff down and, and you know, take back what's yours, which is a 67 inch flat screen from Target. And yeah, some Nikes. Um, burn down the Chase Bank here in San Diego and. Which I always say is stupid. They didn't even try and rob it. I mean, if you're gonna burn a bank down, hit the vault. At least attempt to. You don't just burn a bank down. And well, look at what you got. From it. I mean, at least in what Minnesota, they were trying to at least like open the cash registers there, at Target. At least I can be like, hey, well, you tried. Hammer. With <laughs> well, no. Here's the fact of the matter. At Should've the end of the, the hardware day, section. with Donald Trump, you got the initially half a trillion dollar platinum plan, which outlined a whole bunch of different ways to empower, embody, and lift up African-American communities throughout the country. Mm -hmm. And with Joe Biden, you got no $2,000 stimulus checks, no stimulus, and you got Harriet Tubman on the $2 bill. Period. I thought it was the 20. Or the $20 bill. But that's it. That's what you're getting with Joe Biden. Here's the deal. Here's, here's the deal. You got fucked. Well, and, and that, you got played. The whole a, narrative that Joe Biden is going to solve racism. It's like, well, why didn't he do it? There are literally already. ten minute montages of racist shit he said over the last fifty years in Congress. Yeah, but you're not allowed to say that. How dare you? That's How many real. of us that have kids? And even if you didn't have, imagine taking your nephew or someone to go see him speak, and he does the whole like hairy legs <laughs> in the pool. I would have grabbed my kid and <laughs> ran, and then I'd been like, this guy needs to be put in a home and just fed banana pudding for well, the rest of his life. It's well, just until a, he a passes. prime, it's just a, it, it's literally just black and white, like literally Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah. Like, like I hate this guy so much that this guy can literally be the fucking creepy fucking neighbor from family guy. <laughs> and I'm cool with it. Haven't seen that much. Exactly. Yeah. paper boy in a while. Oh, Scissor me timbers. Wow. That's the wrong show, but okay. It's close enough. But that's the point is that... You guys want some popsicles? There we go. <laughs> that was pretty good. That whistle was perfect. You guys all looked at yeah. me like I was going to do it. Like, I do impersonations, but it's of our friends. Not yeah. We have to vet you now. Mm. No, that was kind of weird. Um, that was too good. But the, the point is that it's just such a backwards train of thought. But back, circling back to what we said earlier, is that... There's no logic in this. This fight is, there's no logic, there's no facts. It's heated opinion versus facts, and the two don't play well together. And that's the whole reason we're in this situation is because you can say, hey, Trump 
you know, during Trump's presidency, I was able to buy another house. I was able to pay off my truck. I was able to have another kid and have a tax break for that. I was able to do things that I probably wouldn't have been able to accomplish under Obama or under Biden. And you look at people and you go, hey, you hated Trump so much, but what did you do to capitalize on the things he did during his presidency? You didn't do anything. All you did was bitch about how mean he is from your mom's living room on her Wi-Fi that you don't pay for. Eating Hot Pockets. Eating Hot Pockets. Oh, I like Hot Pockets. Yeah, they're so funny. I like Hot Pockets, too. Who doesn't, like doesn't. If you but, don't, but that's the thing. You're probably like the, a terrorist. The Nick biggest... doesn't like Hot Pockets. Every time I see, he sees me eating I don't work, eat he's Hot Pockets like, every day. You're a fucking 12-year-old. What the fuck? You, Stop eating that this shit. This guy packs Hot Pockets and like Hot Cheetos for lunch. Okay, that's kind of a, what I pack my kids for lunch. Don't it, hate them. Exactly. I'm saying, yeah, if, you're, the hell. if you drank too much and you're watching <laughs> The Night Stalker on Netflix at 1 o'clock in the morning, that's a perfectly acceptable meal. When your profession and what we do... I need energy, bro. That, you don't get that from a hot pocket. <laughs> Fucking nutrients, bro. Yeah. You probably have burned your there's mouth to a crisp. everything, bro. There's garlic. There's bread. Oh, Jesus protein. Christ. God, I missed my 20s. Put, get, there's like go, go three grams Facebook. of protein in a hot pocket. There's like nothing in it's there. It's probably like negative protein. It probably sucks the protein out of your body. They are delicious, though. <laughs> And yeah, they are pretty damn good. For as though. delicious as Hot Pockets are and as far for how depressing this narrative that we're talking about is, yeah. <laughs> it gets worse. Oh, I was going to – can I can I circle back on – Absolutely. The, it, on, on the uh, – on what the point is for critical theory. Get it in. But if you say okay. you're going to circle back, you actually have to circle back. We don't – Well, you're – okay. Well, you guys – I'm going to circle back to where you're saying what is the point of this. There's no end game. Well, for – we talked, me and Jazz talked about this on our last episode of our Russian disinformation. Nice plug for um, oh, I like it. women took the, <laughs> thank you, uh, for the episode called Women Took the L in Liberation. Mm. Um, I just all of this, all of this is intentional. It's for, like I, I mentioned it earlier with the cultural Marxism, mm-hmm. it, this, this is to destroy American values. This is perfectly planned from let's just say like our friends over at the wef world economic forum all the elites over at davos and the ccp and even russia this is all planned and this is for the american people to be pitted against each other so we don't notice what's actually going on around us there it is like i'm sure a lot of people who are listening right now have no idea what the wef wef is the world economic forum and what they're trying to do with the fourth industrial revolution right i know you guys touch it on it occasionally but with the critical race theory like i said it's it's just a distraction yep and a lot of people are just hopping on that train because like i said earlier they are they want to do good but they just are blinded by kind of the shittiness of it yeah anyway that's all that's all i'm gonna and well when you're talking about breaking down american values we can jump into project 1619 with that boom because it's a perfect lead-in Um, basically with that project, what I got out of that is that they want to switch from July 4th of 1776 as being our nation's like birthday to August 20th of 1619 when the first African slaves were brought over and they supposedly were our founding fathers that just built up our country off their, their backs, I guess. If you believe this, off the backs of slave. Well, and even with Nicole, uh, what's her name? Hannah Jones. Uh, Nicole. Nicole. Yeah, Cage. Hannah Jones. Yeah, Nicole Hannah Jones. There was a tweet she deleted, but she basically said that that's not what she meant. I like, have She it. completely walked it back. Yeah, she circled back. So, so let's just talk about who she is first. She is not yeah. 
a historian. She is not a professor of history or law. She is not represented by anyone except herself. She is a senior editor at the New York Times. So she's nothing. And a, a few years ago, she penned an article about the 16th. Did she pen it or did she type it? She probably had somebody else <laughs> fucking do it for her, and she said it was it's fabulous. A phone. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run with this. That's what she probably said when her junior unpaid staffer gave her gave the, her a copy the of intern. It. But basically, what she probably minority staffer. Yeah. <laughs> The, the gist of it is, the 1619 Project is a major initiative from the New York Times. Again, no historical evidence, no any kind of backing. Or journalistic This value. is an op-ed, all right? Observing the 400th anniversary of the beginning of American slavery, Whoa. which historically checked is around sometime in late August 1619, when then colonizers brought over a group of maybe 20 to 40 slaves from somewhere on the African continent, okay? It aims to reframe the United States history and the understanding that that pivotal moment in our history is its true founding and placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black Americans at the very center of our national narrative. So that's kind of a... The initial shock value part of what the 1619 project is, and who created it. I want to. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And luckily, I've seen a lot of people disagreeing with this. But on the other hand, there has been uh, this has been applied in some schools, and in my opinion, it's just another way to teach through shame. Yes. Uh, it's like, why are you going to teach like a kindergartners or anybody that, oh, you're white and this is what <laughs> you, your people did. And this is like the development of your country. I don't know. It's like, why teach slavery and oppression and misery over teaching about our actual founding fathers and liberation and freedom? It's just placing in the minds once again that America is racist at its core its whole development has been through racism and off the backs of black slaves and that we as white people or any other race hasn't done anything without the help and use of black slaves workers and without giving them credit well that's the that right there is just marxism in in a nutshell you <laughs> yeah. have the yeah you have the oppressors and then you have the oppressed and it's just a very um it, it's just a brainwashing technique and it's just another way again to break down american values and to completely distort and rewrite history it's all it's all intentional and um we people need to start really seeing it this way like once you start noticing like literally all the communist propaganda you can't you can't stop yeah. unseeing it yep it, it leads you down a rabbit hole that doesn't really go, go along the lines of conspiracy theories it goes along the lines of historical facts with this only the date and what happened is but the consequences of are completely not true there have not been one nation on this planet that has tried to move away from what was the norm of the time than the united states there was a lot of anti-slavery rhetoric written into the initial constitution mm -hmm. bill of rights we went to the fucking civil war because of it yeah. Abraham Lincoln got his brain splattered on the side of the mezzanine of a theater in Washington, D.C. 
because he went out and freed the slaves. Yeah. And but apparently now he's racist if you ask the right person. Right, because but, he, he wasn't And that's the frustrating up. thing is you have this from this is reminiscence of the Holocaust in a sense that you had a few people who believed in this rhetoric and then you had the mass media and the propaganda stem off of that and the majority of the people were uneducated to the actual facts. So if you ask somebody who believes Abraham Lincoln is racist, they would not be able to tell you why. It's the same thing with Hitler and the Jews. Why would the Jews need to be extinct? The average person, even in Germany at that time, would not be able to tell you why. It's because Big Brother told you so. And it's the same thing, like you said, Jasmine, with people thinking that Abraham Lincoln's racist, and it's like, well, why? Well, I don't know. That's what everyone says. Yeah. And it's the frustrating because part I, is like because I saw Black Lives Matter pull a statue of him down in San Francisco. And this is the the big frustrating thing is, <clears throat> you know, back then there was not the accessibility to information like we have. Everybody has a smartphone, literally every adult. And if you don't, you have access at some capacity throughout your day to a computer or mm-hmm. to Wi-Fi. Even homeless people have cell phones. It's completely racist, but a fair assessment. Correct. Um, <clears throat> my point is that you can... The information is literally at your fingertips, and people refuse to go about their day and to look for themselves. And with Abraham Lincoln, this whole thing, and it's like, this is literally the same formula that Mussolini used, that Hitler used, that Saddam Hussein used, and it's a kidnapping of information, and then... What's after that is an indoctrination of what they want you to believe. And for the first time, at least that we can tell, especially in American history, there's half of the, the half of the people in this country standing up for it. And that's why there's such a clash, because not everybody's buying into this. With Germany and Hitler, a lot of people bought into that and they were sold and well, they mean, were part of it. With this, it's like you have a majority of the people standing up going, no, no, no. This time around in history, we're not letting this go. And it's pretty funny how... All of these things that we've talked about on our show today, besides critical race theory and the 1619 Project, don't necessarily tie together, but in turn they all do when you kind of wrap it around the huge thing of socialism and Marxism, because what we witnessed in regards to the inflammation of civil unrest and racial injustice since 2016, 2017, leading all the way up to the collaboration that happened, and which was disclosed in the Time Magazine article this week, basically shows that they have used a series of false flag events, um, untrue narratives, and gaslighting events to basically state, we stole the election away from you. And although some of these things might not necessarily tie exactly together, it's the overall narrative that made Joe Biden right now being our president work. And instead of having Donald Trump, you really do now have a racist president. Instead of super racist. Right. Instead of doing all of these things that you said you were trying to do to improve the lives of African Americans and all the minorities in the United States, you've actually made them a whole hell of a lot worse over the last couple of years. Did and you say steal the election? As in the declaration. Steal of the declaration of independence. Oh God. <laughs> That's correct. That is correct. Right. <laughs> Sorry. The big thing about all of this is it's just a huge bow they're putting on cultural Marxism. Yes. And they frame it in a way that you're doing the right thing, social justice and equality and equity and um, 
loving everybody. But in reality, it's just Big Brother controlling everybody's minds. I mean, look at the algorithm on Facebook, for example. Uh It's designed to make you see what they want you to see and to get information. Oops get information that's consistently fed to you and it's just literal brainwashing in the name of doing the right thing and being on the right side quote unquote of history and if you speak out against it it's easy to make you look like a piece of shit yeah even if you're black even if you're mexican i mean you're an uncle tom or you're i i'm part mexican and i was told that i am a self-hating latina with oh. internalized misogyny because I Ooh. do not like Joe Biden or Kamala Harris and hot. I prefer Trump over. Uh, and this is a white liberal woman telling me that me. What, what color I'm was her? Racist. Was her hair blue or green or purple or both? She was it probably was li- overweight. She was probably 300 pounds of she, green hair. She probably got screwed so. by the gene pool. Well, you know, it's <laughs> funny that you bring up those those algorithms and that Nick earlier brought up the Hodge twins because today Mm -hmm. on the way over here I needed to decompress because I I kind of only it's bad I've gotten to where I'm only listening to podcasts and and shows of that nature like in our community so I I know it's bad not to because I'm a historian by nature you know I have I have a history background I like to learn stuff, but I, I, I keep finding out that a lot of that stuff is not true. So I just keep going to argue <laughs> where we all kind of encircle the same narrative. But at the same time, it's to bring information to the people. And you brought up the algorithms that are online. And Nick talked about the Hodge twins. And I was listening to Crowder on the way over here just because I needed a laugh. I needed a dick and fart joke before I came over here and got serious about this stuff. And Crowder was talking about how he got a threat of being demonetized again, like they are every week. I was going to say, every episode is demonetized. From YouTube, and it was for two specific episodes, so they went back and did a speed run through the episodes, and both of the episodes that had gotten flagged by the algorithms were two of the episodes that he had the Hodge twins on, and they <laughs> dropped N-bombs. So it was one of those things where he was going back and seeing where like the actual hits were on their audio that YouTube was saying they were going to get deplatformed for, and it was for the Hodge twins using the N-word, who both happened to be black. And they were referencing in regards to things that other famous people say that are okay, but when other people say them, they're not. And, uh, you, know, you know, it's just funny that because the, the joke of it was is that Actual black people were, were making a reference to how speaking that way is not correct, but they needed to say it to actually prove the point. And, and that's what they got flagged for. Right, in turn, they were getting flagged for that stuff. So I, I thought that was pretty funny, but kind of oh brings it all back in, the, in the, some of the facts that you were mating up. Nick, you look a little depressed. Don't worry. <laughs> Critical race theory is being taught now in a lot of the federal government agencies as an annual training. Hmm. So... Yes. And anal training. <laughs> and Perennial training. almost 5,000 school districts, K through 12, throughout the United States are now teaching the 1619 Project. You are fake news. No, I'm 100% correct. Goddamn ridiculous. So, yeah, it's one of I, those things to where mother. not only have they gaslit the entire country over the last half decade with this bullshit, they are now indoctrinating us on the news and the mainstream media every day and your kids at school when you drop them off. Do you guys ever watch Mean Girls? I mean, I'm like sure. Like the movie Duh. Mean Girls? Yeah, of course. Remember the... the we hang on, hang, yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm just going to point... Before anybody says anything, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Mean Girls is not a top one movie. It's not, but oh, it's still hilarious. You know what? Hilarious. I actually was going to say that. It should have been in my top five. I will <laughs> okay. not have that brother's outfit Mean Girls. But do you remember the scene where Lindsay Lohan's character is talking about how she was homeschooled? Right. 
and it was talking about the it shows the one kid and he <laughs> I wish I had the audio clip pulled up for this but he's talking about defeating the homosexuals and the dinosaurs and he's in like overalls it's going to come to a point where we're all going to have to homeschool our children and that's going to be already on it oh my god you know what I mean it's to the point where it's like anything to not get indoctrinated by further yeah I mean when I was in high school if you had some crazy weird sex ed class you were still able to walk out and go you know what hit me up when this is done I'll be in the office helping make photocopies um no I, I will be I, I've said it on the show many times I will be that crazy ass dad at the PTA meeting the day they try fit. to the day they try to teach any of that shit to my kids because not only has the New York Times retracted the narrative that that lady put out for the 1619 project after she won a fucking Pulitzer Prize for making up a narrative about it, they've changed the way that it's been basically stated in what the newspaper supports, but the original narrative that the country was founded in 1619 and not 70, 1776 is the bullshit that's getting taught K through 12 in the name of social justice and wokeness. So the day my kids start learning that shit in school is the day that I will be at the PTA meeting, Alex Jones style, Shirt off. I'll over come your, with you. Over right. your head. Talking about interdimensional fucking vampires. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. We'll do this show, and live. then we'll go with, like, lapel mics, and we'll do another live show, and I'll be drunk off of some whiskey, and I'll pretend to be a parent of some kid that actually doesn't go there. Yeah. And we'll just go go off. That'd be actually a pretty fun episode. We should bring her to uh, when we infiltrate Newsom's winery. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. That'd We've be had good. plans to make a, um, a live show. A it, party there. And don't worry, it doesn't show. involve hiding or ghillie suits. We're going to go I in. still think the ghillie suit. No. Why don't we just show up, up in ghillie suits? They're not going to let you in. Normal. I think if we sneak in and upper deck all the bathrooms before we leave would be <laughs> You epic. don't need to sneak in. You and we're not explaining to our listeners what upper decking a toilet is. If you don't know what upper decking a toilet is, it's oh, when you take God. the back lid off of the toilet and you use it and then you put the lid back on and you flush it. Oh. It would be epic for Newsom to be like, man, whoever upper decked my toilet, I'm looking for you. That's how we got to fight the commies. It is. Yeah, and that's basically what it is. It, I know that it's a establishment, Republican, conservative talking point to say blah, 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 socialism, blah, 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 Marxism, blah, 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 communism. But at this point, they're really using all of this bullshit on a wide scale and over the course of a long time to finally get the people that they want in power so that they can change not just the narrative but the way things really are that um, is correct right yeah well they've made it that way to where if you're like those damn commies you sound unhinged and crazy and yeah. like like a boomer screaming about communism but it's actually real and if you go out and read Karl Marx's work it's what's it's mirroring what's happening now with Black Lives Matter yep. and they've actually they're a self-proclaimed Marxist group yeah. and, and if they, I'm not mistaken and yeah. some of their founders yeah, actually really spent time in Venezuela uh you know with the regime there talking well, they met about, with Maduro in New York yeah and, and when they talked with Maduro the that one lady who's at the head I believe she's one of the people who bombed the Capitol that Bill Clinton pardoned on his last day in office she said she She's one of the financiers. Yeah, she said she never felt more American in her life than the day she got to sit down and bounce ideas off of Maduro. Just imagine that. Alarming. Yeah. Red flag. You'll, you'll never hear that shit on the fucking news, though, or, or, or in any of the mainstream media outlets, you know. 
I think I think a lot, like what a lot of people really need to do is kind of like band together and just stop being so afraid of being labeled a racist or a bigot or any type of ist. Like, you know, we we all have we all have kids. I think most of us do in this in this little group. We all have kids, and if we could find other parents that aren't afraid also and then just go to the, like the PTA meetings or even to the district and really raise our voices about it. They're going to step, they're going to back off. Same, same thing with people who are like working in these corporate, in these businesses or corporations when they have to go for these, uh, for these, uh, not critical race tra- training, theory training, but for these um, unconscious bias training. Yes. If half of the workforce just gets together and goes to HR and says, we're, we're not taking this, they're not going to fire you. You know how much work and how much money it's going to take that company to to rehire and retrain people? They're just going to back off because most of these companies and most of these school districts literally don't give a shit. No, they're they just, don't. Because they're just doing it because people on the left and people on Twitter are barking their little heads off like little chihuahuas screaming for it. But if everyone – anyone from center left – like. I'm a self-proclaimed liberal, and honestly, every time you guys shit talk liberals, I get a little offended <laughs> because there's dozens of us out there. You know, that's people, very liberal of you. If it yeah. is very liberal of oh, me, yeah, I get a little you. offended. But people from the center left to the right need to just cut to cut the shit and stop being afraid of being called a racist. Like I literally don't care if I get called a racist because I know I'm not a racist. You guys know I'm not a racist. But if someone on the left's gonna call me a racist, then so be it. What the, what the fuck's that gonna do? Hurt my feelings? It sure doesn't. Look, we've talked about it on the show several times. If, like, yeah. being colorblind and loving our country and standing up for the Constitution and have voted for Donald Trump makes you a racist, then, well, you could at least sign the four then of by us by all up. means, yeah. right? Then call us racist, you know what I mean? But, like, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, everyone listening to this right now, just stand up for yourselves. That's really what it all comes down to because that's all, that's all we really need is just to stand up for what you believe in and uh just say enough is enough and the most the more people that do that the more powerful it's going to get and the more we're going to go back to not being a clown world when i think you're right as far as you think about a lot of blue collar america i think a majority of those guys are not really prevalent on social media our generation is but you think about the guys like my dad has been in construction since he was in high school his friends who are all avid like anti-government, you know, small government, those, that whole culture. And then you have law enforcement culture. A lot of the older guys, those guys aren't on social media. So they see what's going on, but there's not a big voice of that movement from their generation. It's a very, like Trump said, a silent majority. There's going to become a time soon where that silent majority is not silent anymore. And it's not going to come in the, um, it's not going to come in the way of social media per se. I mean, that's how our generation is fighting this battle. Kind or social of. justice. Or social justice. But these people are going to fight back. You look at all the people that got laid off. Well, they're kicking all those people off social media so they can't. Which is going to be fine. At yeah. the end of the day, a majority of our silent majority is not on social media. Yeah. Or they are and they're not. You know, they check it maybe. One, like my dad's on Facebook, but he checks it like once a week. Okay, boomer. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? He goes. Does he, have, does he have like the the profile picture where it's like a weird like below his neck? I'm 100. percent He took his profile picture with an iPad. Yeah, I'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> That's a classic. So he's a, true, he's a real boomer. <laughs> it's classic. <laughs> he's OG. I got some memes from him. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the majority of that generation, you know, and they're the ones that are on the job sites talking about all this corruption and stuff. So when push comes to shove, I mean, people keep talking about, oh, the second civil war is coming, and it's like, look, dude, mm-hmm. if another civil war is coming, and this is not about a race issue this time, it's literally, you know, conservative versus liberal, if you want to break it down, sorry. Um well, no, they're <laughs> I didn't want to use the L word well, to offend well, I mean, we're, we're all on the mix for the <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Left is. Because look at it this way. If you're just a historian and you go off of the fact that anyone who supported Donald Trump for the last five years has been called an inherent racist and a Nazi and things of that nature. After World War II, Nazis were not brought back into German society. Okay, mm-hmm. for the ones who weren't, Operation Paperclip to the United States. The I was rest about to mention that, yeah. Right, the rest were either shot, hung, or expelled from the country. So you take it all the way up to during the Super Bowl, where that piece of shit Bruce Springsteen or Soystein, as I like to call him, oh. right, got him, goes out and makes that commercial about being in the middle of America, and we all need to come to the center and this, that, and the other thing. Here's two quick facts. Number one, he's a piece of shit. We can all pretty much agree on that. I mean, that's an overwhelming fact. He called for a division. He said he was going to leave the United States if Donald Trump won. He's a, Good big, luck doing that in skinny jeans. How come nobody left? Bigger fucking hypocrite than, than even his five foot two His music sucks thing. anyway. Number two, the fucking chapel is in a town that's in a county that voted 87 fucking percent for Donald Trump. So it kind of blows the entire narrative out of, you know, us being need, need to be reprogrammed so we can come back together. It, it gets into the fact that... Uh, you know, you don't have any idea what you're talking about, and you're just making another lib talking point. Leftist talking point. Leftist. 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 My point was I'm that... Um, Triggered. You know, right now it's like this big social media war, and we're fighting, like, information and where it's coming from. At the end of the day, if things go dark and it becomes, like, a survivalist mentality between the left and the right, it's going to be... It's not going to be a competition at all. I'll tell you who's going to survive. Yeehaw, call me a conservative at that point. That's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> going to be people that have been shooting and building rifles and putting trailers in the middle of the desert for when this goes south, <laughs> buying up uh, missile silos and converting them into mansions. God, I want a missile silo so bad. Yeah, it's those people pe- versus people yeah, who people don't know whether to dye their hair purple or pink right. this month. What, what's what's the uh, wokest color of the month? Correct. So it's like we're fighting between you know social media and getting censored, but it's like, okay, if this goes, does go to a war, let's be honest. You There's fuck. people that have been stockpiling ammo since 1992. And then there's people who are deciding which skinny jeans to wear accompanied with the best uh, Apple Watch Beanie. cover. Or, or Hot Topic t-shirt. Or Hot Topic t-shirt with a band that they probably have never listened to. Perfect segue, Nick. Speaking of Hot Topic. A Che Guevara t-shirt. Oh, God, stop it. We don't talk about that guy who openly killed gays <gasps> on this show and anymore. He didn't kill any gays on this show. He, he literally murdered. What is this? <laughs> he literally <laughs> slaughtered gay people. Not on this show, he didn't. A center for terrible sorry <laughs> i haven't been able to use that one i figured that would be a random time to throw it in today there. was day one of impeachment 2.0 the only positive i think out of it for me as a trump supporter was he does 
number one, get to defend his first impeachment trophy. And number two is looking for the back-to-back impeachment champion. Yes. So I made I made quite a delicious meme for that one with the two NBA championship trophies and uh, have been trolling people online with that one. But um, You're getting a lot of good responses? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did see uh, Alan Dershowitz, who was on the original impeachment trial with uh, Jay Sekulow, kind of railing against the opening arguments, saying that they weren't making it specific enough to kind of figure out which way the defense is going to go. But, I mean, both of these guys who are, who are representing Trump in this impeachment kind of have a robust resume. It's not like everybody has impeachment wait. experience. Wait, wait. Alan Dershowitz is rep- representing Trump? Alan Dershowitz and Jay Sekulow represented Trump in the first impeachment. Oh, that's really problematic. Yeah, Alan Dershowitz <laughs> didn't represent Donald Trump in this one because he said they said there it wasn't unconstitutional. It's an unconstitutional impeachment, and he is a constitutional lawyer. Therefore, th- based off the fact that this is kind of a show trial that is going to lead nowhere because they already have the votes to not convict, and he's going to be acquitted again. He did not take this case when offered. Hmm. Oh, I kind of sucks, Dershowitz. Rapes kids. I was going to say kind. of. <laughs> It kind of su- yeah, I was gonna say it kind of sucks. Dershowitz didn't get him the sweetheart deal like he got Epstein. Right. Yeah. I think everybody's kind of got a sweetheart deal with Epstein when you look at it this way. Uh. I just want to know. We talked about it last week with Maria. Wouldn't you guys love to know who? Well, now we refer to her as Glenn Maxwell and Epstein. <laughs> who are their handlers? Who are the real people pulling the strings behind those guys that were bankrolling both of them? Was. I, I tend to believe that it has something to do with with Maxwell's parents because they were part of the largest, you know, media corporation in parts of Europe in yeah, their in their rise to fame. But big who, ass yacht. Yeah, who who was big ass whatever? They were they were the <laughs> name in media for a long time in Europe, especially like France and things of that nature. But there you go. But um, well, why did you point at him when he said there's France? There's an actual answer, and then there's problematic answer. I know I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the Clintons with the, uh, the, the green railroad car answer. containers? No, we've already decided on last week's shows that like the Quinton, the Clintons, the Epsteins, all of those people, they're all just... <laughs> Dirtbags? They're Mossad. Yeah, yeah they're, they're human faces on, on a deeper problem, and we'll probably never know who pulls the strings, because if we did, the people would eventually Mossad. rise up and destroy all of Is them. Is that the lizard people? Oh, God. No, you don't want to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, do you, what do you guys think, real quick, before we uh, hit another segue, what, what this whole impeachment 2.0 is going to going anywhere. No. I think the only good thing for people on the far right, instead of using the word anti-liberal, um, is that it gives Trump the time of day in court and maybe to hear his side of all this stuff. And maybe it'll bring to light some of the corruption as far as what he sees, I mean, what we all know, but as far as the legal process, maybe some stuff will be brought to light on a mainstream platform to the point where um, hopefully it's not snuffed and stuffed under the rug. Well, some some famous celebrity will get divorced or some horrible shit will happen. Well, they already had a false flag (laughs) shooting in Minnesota today. I guess some guy walked into Planned Parenthood or something and, and lit up a whole bunch of people with an AR and then blew himself up, so... Blew himself up or blew himself away? No, there was a bomb too. Oh wow! But you know when I when there when there's stuff like the impeachment trial going on and stuff like that happens, I'm the first person. It's like boring. Yeah, it's like you duh. Know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next. So I'm not gonna go out on a limb and say that they're crisis actors because we all know what happened to Alex Jones. But at the same time, I don't need to see the same person like two or three times coming around in a wheelchair that I did at the uh, 
Boston Marathon bombings that we did. So I was gonna say, was David Hogg there? <laughs> there I was. There I was getting was in the abortion. lobby of Planned Parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm not supposed to be here. Shit. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's just a huge waste of time and money. And honestly, this feeds into the whole Q narrative some more. Oh, okay. For, for in my opinion, I think it's a dog whistle it to is. enrage those people. Because why are you impeaching a citizen? Those people who still think he's president and in control are going to see this and think, oh, they know he's president. Yeah, They're I, try- I, you know? I, I saw one of my big time libtard friends today. He posted something. Uh, I'm going to read it to you. This is from a Facebook post. And all of the 100% accurate, factual people who are at <laughs> Occupy Democrats. Did you just hang up on your wife? Yeah, I sure did. <gasps> How dare you. Nothing interrupts this Rest show. Can you pause it? Rip. You're definitely going. Okay, so our, from our friends over at Occupy Democrats. And this is a, looks like a sad picture of, of Mitch McConnell. He's looking kind of turtly and it said mitch mcconnell who refused to reconvene the senate before january 19th to allow trump's impeachment trial to start while he was still in office just voted that it's unconstitutional to put trump on trial because he's no longer in office this is what a shameless hypocrite looks like this is the narrative that hundreds of thousands of completely retarded idiots are going to get on their facebook feed and retweet repost and Eat hot pockets <laughs> while they're enjoying. It. Does that I mean, make sense? No, it doesn't make sense at all. Because I'm, tr- I'm looking at it, and I don't understand it. The whole basis for this impeachment was unconstitutional. So why would the former Senate Majority Leader reconvene the Congress when they already knew backdoor straw polls that this was never going to catch anything ever? They had plus 47 votes going in that there was no way that this was going to happen. So he wasn't going to reconvene the Senate right after the greatest insurrection since the Civil War. Uh, God. What about the Capitol Hill insurrection? The liberal that's <laughs> Yeah, so, so, so that's basically, that's what's trending on Facebook as far as on the, um, you know, liberal side yeah, of the aisle but right now. The precedent that, the precedent that it sets to, yeah, I can't talk about it. You haven't even been drinking. Blah, blah, blah. The precedent that it sets for impeaching a president who's not in office anymore. It's like, all right, well, I mean, Fast and Furious, you, Uranium One, like. Yeah, j- just, just yeah. There's Honestly, plenty of other presidents to go after when yeah. they impeach random people. And Obama would be probably number one on that list. Then we're just going to start impeaching people who joke. weren't president. Yeah, it's become a complete and total joke. We're going to get impeached. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we're up next. Fuck getting canceled, you're impeached. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. You're done on everything. So I, impeached is the new fascist. I, I just think the way this is playing out now, my forecast is impeachment's going nowhere, a second acquittal. Uh, they're not going to be able to stop Donald Trump from running for any kind of public office down the road, which would include 2024. Mm. And what once seemed as this might be a talking point spot for him and all the election stuff has now separated with the Supreme Court conferencing... Mm. All of the cases on February 19th. This is going to allow for Donald Trump to systematically outline all of the shit that the Democrats have gaslighted in contrast to his speech over the last couple of years. And that mm-hmm. goes to Chuck Schumer threatening him, threatening the Supreme Court. 
Maxine Waters, Kamala Harris, bailing out people during all of this fucking rioting going on. Telling them not to let up. Right, exactly. All of the things that these people have have gaslighted over the past year, year and a half especially, hopefully will be on display during impeachment trial as part of the defense in regards to what inciting an insurrection or civil unrest is and to what it for surely wasn't was, you know, that stuff that went on on Capitol Hill on January 6th, which... I just saw before I left the house today, they had a four-panel uh, interview on Newsmax. It was the douchebag who cut off our pillow guy, the blonde chick who didn't know what to say, and then two lawyers. And one of the lawyers, they were talking about January 6th, and the guy who was making the argument for Donald Trump inciting the insurrection was getting over-talked by the guy who wasn't because the guy who said Donald Trump did not cause an insurrection kept repeating, the FBI says he's going into all these cases. They said they're making all the arrests. Who are the people? Who are they? They've announced nobody because there aren't any. They're saying they're continuing to investigate these cases and that they're making arrests because they're really not. They're just trying to continue on the narrative that there were bad people who were gaslighted by Donald Trump on January 6th and as soon as the impeachment trial is over, this whole fucking narrative that he incited an insurrection and all that shit that happens when there's literally at least over 20 people that have been doxxed who are either part of BLM, Antifa, or people from the Ukraine and Russia who are Marxists and socialists that were there doing shit on January 6th. And they kind of herded the patriots in, you know, to do all that stupid stuff yeah. that, that wound up happening afterwards. So I, I just think it's funny also, and staying on that narrative of January 6th, anytime there's a racially gaslit shooting between a certain race of cops and a certain race of perpetrator, those cops are immediately doxxed and put on administrative leave for all of the world to see per their department immediately. Within 48 hours? Quicker than that. Right, oh, before, yeah. before the body's even cold, it's, right? It's, usually it was like in 12. Right. So, and, and we're talking about all of the most recent ones, the one that was in Atlanta, the one that was in Kentucky, you know, all of those ones. That one gal who was the Air Force veteran that was shot in the Capitol by the a Capitol one that got domed? We still don't know who shot her, if they're on administrative leave, if there's any kind of investigation, this, that, or the other thing. The only thing that the FBI has released in regards to that is that the agency that that officer works for has done an investigation and found out that they were justified in their shooting, and that's it. With nothing else. I'll, I'll just say from, I wouldn't, I'll say experience, seeing Capitol Police in action, they're like half a step above TSA. Yeah, but they did save Steve Scalise during the Bernie Sanders shooter. Okay, maybe there's one guy who's like ex-SEAL Team 6, okay, but the majority of those guys... You mean the SEAL Team 6 that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton killed? No! <laughs> I'm just saying, they, those guys can't walk and chew gum at the same time. A majority of them. Yeah. Ladies, what do you got? Impeachment. Let's give us your uh, Vegas odds. I don't think anything's going to come of it. Oh, sorry. I don't think anything's going to come of it, but I also don't think anything will be exposed on a large scale. Because they don't want it to be. Yeah, There's agree. no way that the mainstream media would cover anything or entertain anything that puts Trump in any sort of positive light at all. And honestly, I'm kind of scared it will go through so that he can't run. Because I 100% believe that the insurrection was just a setup. 
and they ushered them in in order to paint this narrative to make sure Trump never has access to any public office ever again. You would unfortunately. Need, you would need cl- close to a fifty-vote swing of people who already voted to not impeach for that to happen. So don't true. don't worry that's there. True. I think <laughs> don't I, fret. Right. I th- I think in regards to exposure, I did hear on the news day. I can't remember who it was. Don't quote me. It might have been Jordan Seculo, who is the younger, fatter son of Jay Seculo. <laughs> God, his face is fat, and they always do, like, a tight angle of him on TV, so it's, like, <laughs> super fat, sweaty. It's just... But he was saying, when this is over, Donald Trump is going to take the victory lap that he's been waiting to take since November 3rd in regards to his second acquittal, and which would be possibly the relighting of his midterm crownings Huge. and 2024 mm-hmm. campaign announcement. When so, do you think he announces after he's acquitted? How, how far after? Immediately. Yeah, I, I would say he's going to be the kingmaker regardless of what he says going into the midterm elections. But I, I think, especially the fact that the RNC has said that they're not going to openly support him, even though he got all those fucking they said that last time. right reelected in the last uh, last election. I, I hope he does it as soon as possible. So just to separate himself from the rest of the pack. I mean, there's already been people like I think Tom Cotton's fucked himself over. Ted Cruz has fucked himself over. Rand Paul's fucked himself over. Dan Crenshaw can go fuck Dan himself. Dan Crenshaw is, is never going to be the president of anything except I sign any bill that's for open borders, even though I live in a border state. That is his what he will be the president of. At always. this point, I'm he's so just, bummed about Crenshaw. I'm the same way. Crenshaw's I was the I was grifter. the biggest fan. At this point, no, he's just he is the, a grifter. At this point, he's just the tactical monopoly guy with. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, he was cool at first. I have a T-shirt that says uh, Crenshaw for Presidente. Unfuck America. Wrong. Well, he's that's where you hit the wrong button. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I think like, Tulsi is the female Crenshaw. Yeah, but she's got a lot of baggage baggage to leave at the door before she makes that formal announcement that she's going to be a Republican because she cannot. She's she can't, so close. Yeah, she can't exist as herself in the Democratic Party anymore. No, it's impossible. Well, the minute she well, no, came she, into the spotlight, she was outed from the Democrats. Yeah, she was never really a true Democrat. A lot of her stuff. I mean, she could say she's libertarian, but we all know a libertarian will never be in office in this country, not for years. But. She's going to be the first Democratic person to be canceled on social media and all that stuff. Well, yeah. she's already dropped out of politics, so it really doesn't matter what she thinks. All she is is talk and not enough walk, in my opinion, but that's just me. But shes I think she's a grifter, too, in my opinion, and she was a huge letdown just as much as Crenshaw. Okay, sexist. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Know, right? <laughs> we're, we're all terribly awful people. Well, she if there's anything we learned from the podcast today besides that we're all racist and sexist, misogynic, <laughs> transphobic. Semitic. We didn't right. even talk about trans people. We don't need to talk I about I believe trans in science. People. Don't it's get me man. started. It's yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's president-elect. Right. <laughs> well, we did learn that Nick Cage is never going to win. Has he won an Emmy or Grammy or anything? No, but he's only, still, he's still only in the National Independence. So why does he need to? I'm gonna watch. You know what I did last week after the show? I watched National Treasure. So did I. Did you laugh? You cried. <laughs> it's one of, it's such a great movie. I'm watching it again tonight just it to piss bad. you guys off. Well, I'm not gonna watch it. Tonight. I'll watch it. No, I will watch it's on it. Disney Plus. Please watch it. I think it's even on Netflix too. Disney Plus. You have so no excuse. Mainstream of you. 
He won Best Actor in 1996 for Leaving Las Vegas. That is probably okay, yeah. that's probably his second best movie. Thank yeah. you. Look, Just, I'm not advocating Nick Cage is the next Denzel Washington. He's a horrible actor. How racist! He, racist. He peaked. Nicholas Cage is clearly white. <laughs> Denzel Washington is clearly an African American. He peaked in National <laughs> Treasure. That's what I'm saying. And it was a great. Whatever. I'm, I'm done doing this. He peaked. He, whatever. He peaked at the Invisible Ink. Yeah, exactly. Well, ladies, face off. What about face off? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we talked about this about three glasses of whiskey ago. <laughs> that was a joke because face-off is oh horrible. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Jasmine, Austin, it yeah. has been an absolute treat having you guys on the show this week. Yeah, thanks. And, and, you know. Austin? Yeah. It's to- Austin. Austin. Wow. <laughs> he has pronunciation problems occasionally. Yeah, I kind of do. That's off Austin of is phonically correct. Four right. or three. How many Bud Lights did you have? You mispronounced Three. It? Just three. Couple whiskey. Um, six, I'm like six, uh, six shots in as I six, six shots. Six shots. Well, Sean see, Connery. You, you, you probably, Some things in here don't react well to bullets. This is uh, single-handed right here. Probably can't even say your own name right. Me? No, probably not. I can't even spell it right now. Yeah, the cork <laughs> noise is not a sound effect. No, that's actually that's, us. That's real. That's us all drinking all show. <laughs> um, our sponsors <laughs> every week who make this show great. Stay Ready Gear. StayReadyGear.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Manrubs, mm. manrubs.com on Facebook and Instagram. How misogynist of Mike us. over at West Coast Survival Arms <laughs> and westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's also on Facebook. Mike. Mediocre Medic at mediocremedic.com and Instagram. And Marcho Friday, owner, operator, gear dealer. I spent so much money on that. So did I. I just Like I said, I just bought my tw- Trump tweet patch. I have the coronavirus veteran flag. We got to hang out. I'm wearing the coronavirus veteran shirt today. <laughs> Dumpbox.us. He's also on Instagram and Facebook. Show creds. Tom Pappert, editor-in-chief of the National File. Regular spot on InfoWars with Alex Jones. Mm. Having the balls to report the news before anybody else does. Jack Vasobic. Me and him are kind of in a thing right now. I mean, we've talked about it. So he, he likes our stuff. I send him some memes. He, he hearts them. To come on the show. He, he does need to come on the show. I mean, he appears every day on his own show on One American News and also War Room with Steve Bannon. So he's probably never going to come on this show because this is not with that attitude. This is literally the fringes of podcasting. But at the same time, Jack, we love you, and uh, we want to get to know you better. Yeah. Uh, the We the People Radio Podcast guys, <laughs> James, Aunt, Nick, and Lex, all week we are uh, throwing ideas around the board. The Orange Men in the Orange Men podcast, My Maria 777 And then, mm. of course, our uh, Instagram friends. Let's see how many times we can get Nick to giggle like a little schoolgirl. Khalil 3. Axia 4.0 through 6.0. There you go. Baby Cakes 2.0. <laughs> there it is. We are the 99% 2 out of South Africa, Thor's Hammer. Kayla Michelle, the Fit Patriot, what I mean to say, period in between each word. Jewel Thief, 1776. Destroy Fear, who is the informist formerly known as Law of One. And then our new to the parties, Gek 2020, Lala Beams, Exo Shorty, and Ms. Parker 2.0. All of you guys, major contributors to the show in regards to information you send us. We interact with you. Guys, we interact with everybody on there. What about the kid from Australia or wherever he's from? I already mentioned them. What was his name? I don't remember. I just read like 43 people. Well, shit. Ladies, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you again before we get out of here? 
So my name is Austin. Okay. My Instagram handle is Pokemom, P-O-K, the number three, M as in Mary O-M. Uh, you can also find us on our podcast at Russian.information on Instagram and look up Russian disinformation on Spotify, Apple, and Google. Jasmine. And my name is Jasmine, and my personal Instagram handle is basedgirlsclub underscore underscore RP. I like it. Cool you can find us on Instagram at Steak for Breakfast Podcast Correct. and Steak for Podcast Breakfast. As our backup account. Yeah, I... We're on we're on Twitter as well. Look for our picture. Except we have a mustache, mustache. and we're eating cheese instead of steak on there. And uh, it's government all, cheese. Yeah, we're on Gab, but we really don't interact on there that much. That's kind of like the outer rim for when everything else gets shut down. That's the and, backup. And, and that's the backup generator. And stuff of that nature. Social media. The backup to the backup. Remember, right. the most important thing when you support podcasts, it's simple. Listen, like. Follow and share. Download. That's the only way Download. we get. Yeah, that's the only way we get our word out there. Yeah. That's the only way we all get on the same page as a community in regards to organizing, in regards to bringing this from something that happens under a grassroots level to the grassroots level, and then takes it to a movement of some way, shape, or form. So I think on behalf of the podcast and the ladies from Russian Disinformation, I'm Roan, Noah, Dakota. Nick. And this has been the Steak for Breakfast podcast. We will be back next week on Tuesday. Yes. And we hope you guys have a great rest of the week. On a side note, you lazy assholes out there, I know you guys listen. <laughs> Download the episodes for Jesus Christ's sake. Are we really Jesus going there? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Because the way that we get more popular and their podcast gets more popular, actually download the episode. If you download it for 10 seconds, you can delete it after. It's not that big of a deal. We're, That's we're, how we get numbers. We're not, unless you have a shitty flip phone, you should be fine with downloading a shit ton of stuff. If you have a shitty flip phone, continue living your life in a storage shed off the grid. <laughs> would Whatever you, is would clever. You call, would you call okay. it an Obama phone? The, there was, those were supposed <laughs> to be turned in five years ago. Guys, on behalf of the podcast, subscribe, like, share, and that's it. And there it is. We'll we're see done. you guys next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.